Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, this week I am recording this um, just as I'm coming off of a really powerful Zoom call slash kind of author book kind of conversation. It wasn't really a lecture so much, but it was, um, the book is called The Human Herd, and it's by a woman named Beth Anna Standig, and I might have just butchered that, but I will put the link in the show notes. And um, the subtitle of the book is Awakening Our Natural Leadership. And this is a woman who uses and has studied horses and sort of combined it with psychology and has, you know, an arm's length of credentials. Um, But she really has used horses and dogs to really inform leadership styles in people. Okay, so it's a really great book. Go get it. Um, And it's also available on Kindle. And we were basically trying to convince her to record the Audible too, which I think she's going to, but it's not yet available for our long car rides to dog shows. Um, But I am, I literally just got off the call and I was like, this is what I want to talk about. So um, excuse the excitement and enthusiasm and fast talking uh, because I get a little wound up when I get excited about something. But Um, She has a lot of amazing concepts in the book, but one of the things she led with um, on the call um, was talking about this concept about settling in. And it really clicked with me because there's a thing I talk about a lot, which is our rituals and our like morning rituals or our pre-trial rituals or even our pre-training rituals. And I talk about them in terms of like forming habits and things that we do regularly to as we kind of get acclimated or, um, you know, I've said, I've used the phrase, get the lay of the land, right? And my ritual, which you guys all probably have memorized by this point, but, you know, I get to a trial, I leave the dogs in the car, I go in, I get the lay of the land because that's how I talk about it. I figure out what kind of what's going on. I might be putting crates inside the building. I might not be, you know, then I go walk a dog bring them once they're walked and they kind of get their energy out. I bring them in, show them what game we're playing today, whether it's agility or obedience or whatever the game is, then take them back in the car. And I'm, I'm hurrying through that and, and, and shortening it a bit because what's important about that ritual for me is, yes, it is absolutely a ritual. It is a habit. Um, but tonight, um, through best conversation and in this book, she really gave me like a new perspective or new language um, to talk about this and new kind of importance, okay? And basically what she was talking about is when you do this, like what I'm doing basically by doing those things is I'm settling in. That's her words for it, right? I'm 
talking about it lay of the land. I don't know. I've talked about it in other other language, but her language would be settling in. And what it really is, is a transition. I'm transitioning from maybe a long drive or maybe a drive in traffic or maybe a frustrating drive or drive in the rain. I mean, like if you think about your drive, like just driving to a trial, even if it's 15 minutes, has its own energy or is it sometimes a transition from leaving your home or the hotel in the morning, getting in the car and then getting to the show site. There's multiple transitions in there. And we can probably think about that for ourselves. And we're like, okay, yeah, I can see how my energy might be different place to place. Um, but it's different for our dogs too. And the importance of settling our dogs in or just really being mindful about the transition that they are also going through. So, and I think sometimes it's it's even more like sometimes when you go from home because at home they have a they have a home life they have home habits they have home potty habits right and then you put them in the car and all of a sudden you're at a show and you're like and you will show now <laughs> you know and what's interesting is she talks about it in terms of like um, pressure and stress and things like that and really what it is is we are kind of asking them to go from one environment to another, sometimes without really considering their needs to transition or what they need from the environment or time to process, etc. And my ritual, which I call it, those things that I very quickly kind of rattled off and you've heard me talk about before, was developed a long time ago, really, with my first dog, who very clearly needed to... Now, my language then was very different, so I'm going to use my old language, which was I felt like he needed to kind of, in horse terms, get the bucks out, right? He he needed it. He would have been a horse that needed a good 10-minute lunge, if, any, if that resonates for anyone, any old horse people out there, um, just to get the bucks out. And, and really what that is, if I'm thinking about it with this new language is it's a transition time and his energy, he would stress up is what we call it in dog worlds, right? They stress up, they get more excited or they stress down, they get calmer or they shut down and it's how they respond to stress. That dog stressed up. So I figured out through much trial and error, as you would need to do as well, what worked for him and really what it became is this kind of transition ritual. All right. So from her conversation about talking about it and settling in, using the word transition and realizing how often we as humans, just think about your day, how often you transition from from activity to activity, even going from home to the drive to the grocery store. Um, or like think about it in the reverse, transitioning out. You come, you have a week long, crazy week at work and Friday night you are just so comatose in front of Netflix that you're like, yes, Netflix, I am still watching and I do realize it's been five hours, right? I am finishing Bridgerton tonight, like just leave me alone. And um, so that's what that is, right? It's our bodies responding and needing our, this pressure to be relieved and to transition into a different environment. And if we don't allow ourselves to do that, say during a busy work week, it builds up until you're like, you know what? 
I'm going to need my five hours in front of Netflix. And yes, please refill this glass of wine. So um, if we think about how our transitions during the day and what we could use, or even if you are in corporate and you like, sometimes you just like go to the restroom in between meetings because you need a break, right? Well, that's a transition. That's giving yourself space to clear your head or go for a walk or transition from one meeting to the next or one activity to the next. And our dogs need that too. There are so many times I see people just like arrive, get their dog out, let them potty, walk right into the ring and be like, we are playing agility now. And I think, wow, that is a well-seasoned dog because there's not one of my dogs that would probably do that very successfully, you know, um, even if they've been to a site a hundred times before. And we do that at training too. I think about myself, I'm thinking, gosh, I really don't give them much transition time. And then I'm thinking, well, you know what? Maybe that extended potty time they're taking before class when I'm in a hurry and I'm like, hurry up, hurry up, I'm potty. Let's go, let's go. They're like, uh, I'm actually faking transition time right now. I could pee anytime I wanted to, but I'm going to need a minute outside. So that leads me to the next piece of this, which is developing an awareness about what everybody needs. And when I say everybody, I mean what you need, what your dog needs, what the two of you need together, and what the environment, any pressures that's coming from outside the environment and how that changes or impacts what is happening right now, which is one of the best phrases that she was using. Like, what is happening right now? What is happening with me right now? Like, say you get to a trial and um, they're ahead of schedule or something. What is happening with me right now? What is happening with my dog right now? Um, Can I realistically make the fact that the trial is running ahead of schedule suddenly my dog's problem and I'm just going to go grab him and yank him out of the car and expect that they're going to run well, right? Um, And so it's just a different way. I think a lot of us are thinking about it. For me, there's power in having language to talk about it, right? So I realized tonight that I, in this call, that I was talking around it and have been talking about it, but didn't have a full body of language to really describe what it is that I was doing. And by having the language, I now can be more conscious and thoughtful and mindful about giving my dogs time to transition because it's going to look different for every dog and what they, how they transition is going to look different. And also language for raising my awareness of what's happening right now for me, for my dog, for our relationship, and then what's happening right now in the environment that might impact me, my dog, and or our relationship. So I think that's really fascinating and powerful and was so excited to share this sort of like I want to say it's like a new angle. It's not really a new angle. Again, it's like new vocabulary, new language, so that we can be more thoughtful about what it is that we need to provide for our dogs. Because one of the tenets of this book is being able to be leaders, better leaders in the world, and borrowing lessons from, um, she uses horses a lot, 
um, but also she admits that she's learned a lot from her dogs as well. And so what can we learn from our dog's leadership styles? But then also, how do we become, you know, leaders that our dogs need and so that we can be grounded, right? Because we need to give our ourselves a little bit of space so that we have a chance to observe Um, and again that's borrowing from Beth right Um, give ourselves a space to observe so that we can see what's happening right now for me for my dog for our relationship in the environment and then what am I going to do about it and I've talked about pausing and I've talked about you know developing self-awareness um But again, adding new language to this is giving ourselves space. I would add the word permission to just, you know, you walk into a building at a trial. Maybe you have been there a hundred times, or maybe this is your first time at this place. You walk in and just take a breath and just not be in a hurry to like throw your stuff down. Just allow yourself to settle in, to transition, to say, okay, I am done driving. Now I'm going to be in trial mode. What does that look like? What do I need to do? How do I um, transition and come into this new space? And then how do I bring my dog in? And I've long, I've long said that I believe that when we get to a trial, we should take care of ourselves first and then bring our dogs in. I think it's a lot to ask if we both walk in to a new space, you know, I'm trying to learn the environment. My dog's trying to learn the environment. We're supposed to learn it together. I can't be much of a leader if I don't know where we're going either, right? If we're both lost, that's not going to help. And I think sometimes we do that by accident because, uh, quite frankly, we drive to places. It takes a while. And the first thing we have to do is go potty. (laughs) So a lot of times just out of necessity, I think we leave the dogs in the car, run inside, potty, and then we're like, okay, what's next? Well, in a way that's a form of transition. We're just maybe not being super mindful about it. But it might have become a habit because our nervous system really needs that moment to just collect, to ground ourselves, to be aware, to give ourselves space to say, okay, I am here now. All right. And I just can't reiterate this enough that like our dogs need that too and further each of our dogs if we're in a multi-dog household or multi-competition for sure each of our dogs is going to need a different version of that some are going to transition very quickly maybe our older seasoned dogs or a dog that's been to that venue multiple times um but like i'm gonna say yeah i definitely and you guessed it probably moxie is one of those dogs that is going to need her own level of transition to be able to feel comfortable in a space. I'm going to guess her need to transition is longer and is different and looks different than say Trip or Indy's, right? Indy being my most seasoned oldest dog. Okay. So I'm excited about this because I'm excited about having new language to think about this. And I for sure, um, you know, took away some new uh, to do's for myself in this conversation. And, you know, one of that is, is just really, you know, as we develop that awareness about what's going on for myself, my dogs, our relationship and in the environment, 
it also is a reminder to be there, be the support your dog needs and just kind of look at them and say, I got you. I'm aware of the environment. You don't have to be. Let's do another lap. Let's, you know, do what you need to do in order to transition. And then we're going to get in the groove. It is also uh, very um, validating, I'll say, because I've often thought and believed that our, you know, our dog, we all know this, this is not, this is not a me thing. This is a world thing or about dogs is dogs really like habit and predictability and knowing that the same thing happens over and over again. And I think, you know, I've always talked about that rituals, those morning rituals or those daily rituals that we do being very grounded for them because you're creating familiarity and you're telling them that, you know, this is okay because we're doing the same things. Everything's very predictable. Everything, this is what we do. This is how how it happens. This is how it's organized. This is normal. You know, everything's happening as it will. And so I think that is very soothing and grounding and helps with transition. That would be my new language for this, right? It's helping with the transition because we they want that familiarity. They want to understand what's happening next because we keep moving them. If we think about it, we keep moving our dogs from place to place in these magic vehicles, right? That just suddenly transport them to this whole new place. And now they're in this whole new group of dogs around them with this whole new environment, but yet expected to perform just like they do at home. And so I think it's really interesting awareness of just figuring out how to make them feel just as confident in this new environment as they did at home. And if you think about it through that lens, then it, it, it's amazing that they do as well as they do because we know that dogs don't generalize as well as humans do, um, that they're much more contextual based and they really have to learn to be able to generalize because doing a sit stay at home is completely different to them, uh, than doing a sit stay at a new place. Um, And we just don't realize that enough. So anyway, it was a super enlightening conversation. Um, Obviously, I'm just kind of just pulling out a little bit of it. It's a, I urge everybody to buy the book. Like I said, I'll put the link um, in the show notes and the name and all that good stuff. Um, But I think it was just a great conversation. And what I encourage you to do this weekend Um, hopefully you're on your way to somewhere fabulous, is to really think about, you know, maybe you don't have a ritual or maybe you're like, I don't understand this ritual thing. Like, why does she keep talking about this ritual thing? Like enough with the ritual thing. Maybe think about it as a transition. Like what's your transition routine or habit? Or how do you transition your dogs from home to everybody jump in the car to, you know, now we're, we, I open the car doors and suddenly we're at this new place. And what game are we going to play today? Are we play, here for obedience? Are we here for karting in my case or dock diving or agility or water work? What's the game? What's the game today? And how are you communicating that and getting them settled in and giving them a chance to settle in on their terms? And again, really looking for those clues and cues from them in what they need 
and what kind of time frame they need and what settling in looks like. Um, I, I know I've shared before, my first dog actually got to a point late years into our relationship um, where in our process where we would, after our walk and we'd go in and I'd, you know, let him kind of see the environment inside. And of course he'd like say walk in and there'd be an agility ring set up and he'd kind of be like, aha, (laughs) I think we're playing agility today. And he got to a point where he would lie down when he was good and he would just put himself in a down and I would look at him and I'm like, you're good. And he'd be like, yep. And I'd get him up and we'd go back in the car because as I've said, That dog taught me that he settled much better in the car where there were no other like dogs and activities. Think about like being surrounded by a a pack of strangers, right? And he just settled better in the car. And so that's kind of a thing that I've kept up with my other dogs. Um, But he taught me that signal. And I, because I was being aware, because I was looking for it, because I was trying to look for clues and cues with curiosity. There's alliteration for you. Um, I was looking for that and he would offer that and I would be like, oh, I hear you. Got it. We're done. Well, of course, as soon as I validated that and, um, you know, we kept doing that, then of course that behavior got stronger. Then I knew that that was his thing. Interestingly enough, Moxie has started to do that. A ritual. Now's a great time to kind of revisit it and make sure that it's working for each of your dogs. Okay. Um, So take this new language with you. Check out the show notes, order the book, do the things if this resonates. Um, But in any case, I hope that I've given you some new language, some new cues, some new ways to think about how we get our dogs' energies, our own energies, organized as we move into these different competitive environments and we transition from maybe even a relaxing morning at home into the stress and chaos of a competitive environment or even a training, you know, even evening training. Um, My dog's always very excitedly, you know, of course, jump in the car because, you know, usually fun ensues. Um, But definitely I've opened the van door and sometimes they've looked around like, and where are we right now? I mean, you can sort of see on the look on their face, they're like, do I recognize this place? And when they do, they're kind of like, oh, okay, I remember what we do here. But if it's a new place, or we're playing a different game at the same place, right? There are some um, locations where we might play barn hunt, obedience, you know, agility, all at the same place, I kind of have to give them a, a sense of what the game is. So anyway, you get it. I'm excited. Um, I hope some of this resonates for you. And um, like I said, I challenge you to take a look at your transition behaviors, your your kind of transition rituals and how you are getting both yourself, your own mindset and your dogs um, transitioned into just from place to place, right? Or from environment to environment. All right. Um, And whatever game you're playing, whatever you're doing this weekend, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. 
And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.